Hello, I am Crystal Grafton Combs, and you're listening to Coffee Talk with Crystal. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you have joined us before, welcome back. This podcast is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Sometimes I will answer questions from our sisters, and others I will invite friends to do the same. So, thank you for listening, and now let's get to my next conversation. Hello, Corin. Hi, Crystal. How are you? I've been better, I've been worse. <laughs> I think that is fair. Thank you for joining me for a special edition of Coffee Talk. There have been a couple, but I really wanted to start having some conversations with sisters who can really share how they are managing what they are doing to live in what is our new normal for the future, immediate future at least, maybe a little more extended, and to just have good, honest conversations. So, happy to do that. Thank you. Let's talk about what you do for a living. Sure. Um, So, I am an administrative leader at one of the largest academic medical centers in Boston. So, um, I work specifically in oncology um, with community sites, but I'm obviously uh, sort of on the front lines of this rapidly changing situation with COVID. You are, (laughs) indeed, and you were one of the first women that I knew who really, I think, understood, not that others didn't, but really grasped how significant this was going to be for everyday lives and people. Yeah, and I think that this is one of those situations where I'm both as much as I do and wish you didn't know anything. Um, so our leadership at the hospital, um, you know, we acted in command at the end of December for this. And um, what that means is, so we are one of the um, very few sites across the country that receives federal funding for containment of highly infectious disease. So at the um, beginning of the year, we were joking that we had activated the Ebola containment unit, which is actually not a joke. We do have protocol for um, highly infectious disease that's transmitted by droplet, um, which is how COVID is um, spreading. And so we have been thinking about this perhaps more than, you know, everyday folks. Um, And so one of the things that they sort of ask of us, hospital leaders, be they clinical or non-clinical, is to disseminate appropriate public health information. So I have not been shy about um, telling people that they need to stay home and to flatten the curve. If anyone follows me on social media, this is literally the only thing I talk about now. Uh, occasional cameos for the cat in my life, but like mostly it's all COVID the time. Well, we love the cat in your life, but completely understand that COVID is is the, the priority in communication at the moment. It's why we're having this chat. Um, I also think, Corin, that you do it really well. Um, So for people who do not know, you um, live in a suburb, right, of Boston? Well, 
also, I live in the city proper, actually. So um, I live in a less densely populated part of Boston, um, but I am an urban dweller. And so um, by that token, I am someone who uses public transportation as my primary means of transport. Although, um, you know, I do have private transportation. I own a car, but I hardly ever use it. And so, um, you know, it's these kinds of thought processes around what does this mean when you're densely populated is something that we've all sort of been thinking about. So you and your cat, Millie. Yeah. She is uh, one of my favorite creatures to see pop up on my social media feeds. (laughs) In addition to your face, of course. But I do love me some Millie. Yeah. So, So I do think that you all are really... You know, I think you've done a really nice job. You were the first person to reach out to our executive board group via text to just check in and say, okay, let's get a check-in on how everyone's doing. How are we faring? And in the beginning, it was the silly things like, oh, I mean, I canceled 11 flights over the next few days. And we're like, it's kind of a beast. But then it became a big deal. It wasn't, you know, I can't go to the gym or I can't go on my cruise. It was, okay, we're really doing safety, health, and wellness checks. Right. And I think that one of the things, too, that we don't quite realize, even for those who are introverts, that is not my journey, um, (laughs) we don't realize how much um, we are truly connected to other people. And the honest truth is, you know, for better or for worse, we spend more time with our colleagues than we do with our families just by the nature of how our work days are structured for traditional kinds of call them nine to five-ish type careers. Um, And so keeping that human connection has been really important. And I think trying to do mental health checks on people is important. This is a highly isolating time. And I think that for those of us who are secure in our lives, be that shelter secure, financially secure, um, emotionally secure, we do owe it to each other to pay it forward and to make that available to other people. Someday we will emerge from this, hopefully someday soon, but not too soon, because that's the whole point of flattening the curve. Um, But someday soon we'll come out of it and we'll need to be together again. And so the more we can do to, I think, create those those bonds or to keep that dialogue going, it's critical. So I agree with you, and one of the things that I talked about in an episode a few days or so ago now, the time does tend to run together a little bit, despite me really making an effort to maintain a normal schedule. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Right? It is. It's very odd. Um, But I, I shared a message about connecting, adapting, laughing, and mellowing. And some of those things I do better than others by nature of my personality. I think you have really captured a fun way to connect. And you have posted a couple of uh, photos on social media, but it was about having Mm -hmm. dinner while you FaceTime, much like we are now, for people who don't realize we are FaceTiming, so the, the recording may sound a little bit off or different than if you were seated in my home, but as we practice social distancing, which isn't hard since we live in different states, but you <laughs> have dinner with your friends every evening, and I kind of love that. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I can't take full credit for the idea. It was actually um, two of my best friends from college, her siblings, who 
happen to live with their respective spouses in their family home in New York were like, you should come over for dinner tonight. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do that. Um, and so then I was like, this is a really clever idea. It's nice to FaceTime and have conversations and to catch up, but like dinner is a nice structured thing. And I'm someone who entertains in the home a lot. I have people over for dinner on a really regular basis because I love to cook. And so um, I'm still cooking these really elaborate I will say, though, last night I finally get my pretty complicated things, and I fully had a box of Annie's macaroni and cheese for dinner, which was terrific. Um, <laughs> but I like these, like, 30 minutes. To, you, sometimes you just have to, like, make a plan, right? I'm fine so, with mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. Um, I've enjoyed these opportunities to connect with people and to have conversation over dinner, and it feels normal-ish. Um, but it's also been a nice way to re-engage and to be grateful for people who are part of your world and part of your life. Um, last night we actually were forced into game night by one of my friends, um, which was very (laughs) funny. So we played code words, which is kind of like, um, like charades almost, or like you're trying to guess words. I don't know. It's something that you can do remotely. It's actually set up for, um, to play like a phone game, um, so we had uh, the iPads and we had the computers and, you know, that was that was a great time. I think that if this had to happen to us, I'm grateful it happened now um, to my friends and my family, um, but also to my team at work. I have forced everyone to take all of our calls via Zoom with video. So I'm like, show me your kids, show me your pets, show me your house. Um, I have been joking that we should start, like, cribs and, like, everyone needs to get a house tour <laughs> at work because it's been really funny to see where people are posted up. I've, I've learned a lot about people's kitchens, um, a lot about who lives in small quarters with, like, a husband, spouse, wife, partner. Um, I've learned a lot about pets and children. Um, so I think that, you know, my hope is that if something positive that comes out of this on the other end is that we are we're kinder to each other and that we have a little bit more of an appreciation for um, the humanity of what we do and who we are. I think sometimes we get caught up in, in the mix, whether that's personally or professionally, but um, I think that this is sort of boiling it down to kind of like the basic elements of humanity. And I don't hate that. I, I don't either. And you know, one of my favorite expressions and I don't know who came up with it or who should be credited but it says spread kindness like confetti and I find that fascinating because you don't have to be in person to do it so that's nice yeah I agree I agree and I think that just kind of you know it's important that we stay steady and we think about those things or those people that consider us right now and I think that we have to be okay with not doing everything, right? Like I'm super type A. For those of you who are interested in Enneagram these days, I'm an eight, which is someone who likes structure and leading and, you know, being hyper involved and structured. And so like not having a structure has been very weird to me. Although I've been joking, like my work life and my social life have been just as busy in my first week of isolation as it is out in the world. Um, So that's amusing to me, but like, Look, I think that we have to be okay with not being as productive as we might want to be, um, whatever aspect of your life translate into. Like, 
you know, people are like, I am going to, like, clean my house to talk, to talk about it. Like, <laughs> this is the time to Marie Kondo. Like, here's what I'm going to do. But, like, also, like, here's a total, like, kind of flip of life. We got, you know, mom and dad at home trying to be teachers to children while also working full time, while also worrying about aging parents or friends and family or colleagues and peers. Like, this kind of movement of the family unit into like it's kind of most base element is incredibly overwhelming and I think that assuming that we can study on business as usual um which is my personality and with what I wanted to do I have to be comfortable with the fact that not everyone's prepared for that and if not prepared for that not everyone is in the emotional or physical mind space to do that so that's been my own learning opportunity here but um I think we just have to be kind to each other well, and I agree with that. I am also an eight, so I completely understand the need for structure. It is it is why I still get up and do my runs or my workouts in the morning at our home little gym area. It is why I still get up and do my makeup for the day. And, and you know, I had a couple of really seriously productive days. And then yesterday, I felt like everything I did took so much longer and I just had to take a deep breath and and really know where we are and and you know I'm not one of those women who all of a sudden is going to clean the house top to bottom and and I, I hope to get to the children's closet I finally ordered them shorts that will fit I don't know they've grown they don't stop growing and so it is it has been an interesting experience and we are a couple of days behind you in it um, as far as what the regulations were and how we how we worked through all of that. And yet I do find that it takes a lot of time in being patient. And that seems odd, but that to me goes so beautifully with kindness, not only to yourself for what your expectations should be, but also of others and how you share space. We are very fortunate that we have a, a a larger house for the four of us, not so much in square footage as in the fact that we all have our own space where we can go if we need to not be with the four of us, <laughs> which does happen. But but I I do think that having expectations and understanding that, that yours are different from others and how we work together to adapt, um, that's, that's huge. And it's not something I had not thought of it in the framework of the Enneagram model, but you are absolutely right. I may have the rest of my family members take that this week also. That would be curious. <laughs> so tell me this. Well, I've been joking about trying to figure out how to keep my team engaged. And so I was thinking about making them take it as well. So it could be something fun to do. Well, and we have already talked about, um, we were hoping and, and still are hoping, of course, our executive board meeting is is still several weeks away. So hopefully there will be some time there. And if not, we can still do it. But to do sort of an, an Enneagram discovery dinner together about who is what number and what that means and how we interact. And, and just, it's fascinating to know just for no other reason than curiosity's sake, but then also to understand a little better where other people are coming from and that, that perspective. Um, tell me this. Sure. So we, we've talked a little bit about connecting and adapting. Um, tell me something that makes you laugh because while this is a serious time, it is also a time that merits some levity and I would love to know and for you to share with 
anyone listening, what makes you laugh? Well, I have been forcing my team to answer a daily question. Every day I send them like daily question, 320. Um, A couple of days ago, the daily question was, tell me five jobs you've had, not including this one. And so um, like I found out that the nurses, who's also an MPH who works for me, so obviously highly educated, um, one of the jobs she put is that she like was a sign spinner to advertise a hotel, like when she was in high school or something. And that was just so hilarious to me. And so I think that this is a nice time to kind of be amused by each other. I'm just so tickled by these kinds of things. Uh, another question today's question was what zoo animal are you um we had a team meeting this morning and so i made everyone do it well like have to have to talk it through obviously i chose panda no one was that surprised um i'm so not surprised I, either I'm, I'm learning yeah right i'm just amused by learning new things about other people Well, today, I mean, I think I'm probably always a panda, but I have on a leopard print shirt today. We have a sister that does an online boutique, and she has these fun little blouses that are still, um, they have these sleeves on them, but they're still lightweight enough to wear in the deep south. So I'm a little, I, I would share my space with a leopard and a panda, although they might not appreciate that very much. They might not love that. They might not. So tell me, particularly now that I know that you are an eight, what are you doing to mellow? How do you step back and take a breath? Um, that's a good question. So what I'm actually really trying to do is to create boundaries um, in terms of how to delineate portions of my day so that I'm trying to signal when work ends and how do you do that, right? So first of all, if anyone follows me on Twitter, I think my most clever thing that I said recently, this harkens back to when we had the conversation about like who of your friends is funny. Literally none of us, as I said before, (laughs) in our questions. But this I thought was inspired. It is a real fall from grace. I work in a business professional environment. I am in heels and tailored clothing every day. And so to go from business professional to what, as I jokingly described generously as opera ski is uh, not great. Um, <laughs> and so in, um, in trying to signal myself, and I'm also a shoe household, even sans COVID-19, because some of the tricks and tips that my friends who are permanent work at home suggested is like a little Mr. Rogers in that like put on shoes and like, you know, wear shoes to signal your work day. Um, oh, that's interesting. But yes. I am like, yeah, it is interesting. I have adapt that since I don't wear shoes at home generally. Same. Every day. So I put on a watch and my rings and I have these have earrings in. Um, and then when I'm done working, I sign off the computer and I take all the jewelry off and then I'm home. And so I've been trying to use time and space intentionally. I'm also fortunate enough to have a lot of space and I have dedicated workspace. And I don't do and work anywhere except for my desk. Oh, I like um, those things. For my paid job. Now, like here, I'm sitting. Yeah. And I don't work from home that often because I do. Um, I am so, and this is a little bit of a struggle for me because I am someone who likes delineation between work and home. Um, I do not like to work out in the home. 
not like to do my professional paid job in the home. Um, so, so suddenly doing everything in the home is jarring to me. <laughs> like yes. I work out inside, I work inside, I eat inside. And we're pre, pre literally all I did at work at home rather was like cook, eat and sleep watch television, read books, you know, home is not a functional place for me, if that makes sense, like, my work happens outside of my home, Um, and so trying to create that space for mellowing, which was your original question, um, has been difficult for me, but all exciting for me, because as an eight, I like structure, so I'm like, yes, let's make a schedule. (laughs) Yes, let's absolutely make a schedule. That's really great. So before we sign off, I know that you are an avid reader and many of us will have more time on our hands than usual. Can you recommend a book for anyone? Okay, so this is a little bit of a doorstopper because um, that's how I roll and also it's been very thematic because the little president had been in the rounds talking about it. So Eric Larson wrote a book called The Slended and the Vile. It's about Winston Churchill in World War II. Oh, so that's wow. a little bit of a doorstopper. I know that that is not everyone's journey. That's a little journey. <laughs> so I'm going to read. I'm going to that, which, you know, again, one of the funny things, too, about all of this, as I've been, you know, really anxious to force all of my friends and these, like, virtual connections, um, you know, people are like, let's have game night, let's have dinner, let's have happy hour. And I was like, do you guys want to learn something? Like, what if we taught each other something? Right. And my friend Phil was like, I hate you so much. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> well, I don't mind occasionally learning something. Someone wants to learn something. Like, right. But look, seriously, though, if anyone wants to learn something, all of my social media is very public. Drop me a line. We can learn something. I'm very interested in World War One right now, which I know is a little bleak, but I'm curious about it. I am curious about this for you. (laughs) Corin. thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today. I know this is a little bit of a different um, take on Coffee Talk, but I think that it will help our sisters, our friends, anyone out there listening adapt and really um, start to take a little bit more control over life as we know it, even though it is a new normal. And I cannot thank you enough. And I look forward to the next time we are together, whether it's FaceTime or in real life. And until then, take care, friend, and be well. Same to you. And, you know, the my parting uh, info to everyone would be to take care of yourselves and each other and be kind. Absolutely. Be kind. And until next time, thank you for listening.